Hello and welcome to Oneness Unfolding. Thank you for joining me today in meditation. In a few of my podcasts, like Changing Channels, we've talked about resonating, tuning in, and how when we listen, we can often tune back into our natural vibration. And today I have a special guest that I'm really excited to talk with about meditation and some of the ways we can connect back to a centered presence within us. Um, a couple of years ago, when I lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I was so fortunate to be a part of an amazing community of yogis. I was at that time developing my own practice, and I had the honor to meet Sue Bastian. Um, hi, Sue. Welcome to the show. It's so fun to be here. It's so awesome that you could join us. Sue has an amazing gift of being able to share from her heart in so many ways, from the classes she put together and challenging us to hold all these poses and the flow with this beautiful rhythm. Um, and sometimes during our yoga classes, she would treat us to a little extra healing during our savasana in her own unique way. And today she's gonna talk with us about spirit song. So thank you for joining us. Like I said, Sue, I'm so glad you're here. Let's start at the beginning. Where did you start with your yoga practice? Uh, by accident. Um, I was a stuck up athlete and mm -hmm. um, starting to suffer the problems of stretching incorrectly, feeling like I knew it all. And uh, one Christmas when a do my daughter was really suffering from her ballet addiction, um, she begged me to go to a hot yoga class and I did not want to go. I thought it was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I hobbled into that class with so much pain and uh, we suffered terribly and she looked at me like she wanted to kill me and after the class um, they asked if we wanted to sign up and she said yes and I was signed up <laughs> That's amazing. and my pain went away I was fine <laughs> I think there is this natural tendency to think like hot yoga sounds horrible oh gosh I had the exact same experience like I do not want to do that I remember a wonderful yogi telling me Connie she was like please come to hot yoga and I was like oh and that's where I met you. So then how did you begin to incorporate song into your yoga practice? Also quite spontaneously and almost, well, I guess by accident, um, um, one of the town, one of the Albuquerque studios called Blissful Spirits was doing a teacher training. And mm -hmm. I never wanted to do a teacher training, but one of the very gifted teachers named Rebecca came and said, Sue, you're doing sacred song. And I said, okay because i like a challenge and um so what do you want and she said just whatever you do and so sacred song was born you know rumi says uh, a poem is throwing words up to heaven right mm -hmm. and this became something like that and really the sacred song has evolved and yet it has stayed the same all about the vibration of the voice within the body. So I think you were talking about other musical vibrations coming into the body. And mm -hmm. my specialty is more bringing the your own vibrations from your own voice into the body. Right. That's beautiful. And so how did you start singing? Where did your singing career start? Uh, in the womb. My mother sang <laughs> all the time. And uh -huh. when I was two years old, I could sing in harmony. And, uh, you know, I I sang Bach and I sang, you know, Little Bo Peep, you know, uh, just anything. <laughs> anyway, it was kind of born in, in the blood. That's amazing. And I just remember, like, I remember sitting in yoga class with you and we were laying there in Savasana and you just started singing. And like, I just remember like everything in me wanting to sing with you. 
And I remember you telling me, like, I just want people to sing with me, too. And I was so afraid, like, all I could do was hum. So I just started humming. But it gave me this amazing sense of clarity. And so I think it's a really beautiful gift. Why do you think song speaks to us so much in that vibration? I think that song is one of the most natural propensities to humankind. And it has been um, kicked out of our lives by culture, by our Western culture. Um, People feel vulnerable when they sing. So in yoga talk, we have chakras. And you know what? If your listeners aren't really into that kind of talk, um, they correspond with natural um, nerve plexus in the body. But the throat area um, is an area that has nerves going all around it. It's the vagus nerve that sort of starts in the back of the, the head at the bottom of the head and goes around the vocal cords and actually feeds into all the nerves of the body. Wicked important nerves and when we vibrate that we become very vulnerable and yet also the vibrations hit different centers of the body Um, we have become afraid of things that are wholesome and helpful to our to ourselves and we tend to rush toward those things that aren't wholesome so uh, singing for instance when one is in a deep depression the last thing one wants to do is sing generally and it is the first thing that would help right? The the depression itself kind of drags us into the energy of its own sense. And yet singing will always align whatever energy, whether you want to look at it physically or metaphysically, the energetics of the body and the mind connected to that. So um, singing, there's nothing more primal. If you speak, you can sing. I believe that. Take Mm -hmm. a spoken word and prolong it. And there you go. We have a tone, right? You know, it's a funny thing I used to do and um, is like when I would go on long road trips, I would actually just harmonize. Do you know what I mean? I would sing the vowels. I would start by just singing like an A and then go through each one of them and just echo it out of me. And it felt so liberating and so empowering and so freeing. Yeah, driving is a good place and vacuum cleaning. Um, Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of people say uh, and showering. So those right. are the main ones, um, because we're a little bit less uh, aware of exactly the voice, right? And right. so we kind of use the noise around us, but um, we can become comfortable with singing. And so this spirit song um, teaches, first of all, I usually take a little bit of time to help people with singing, uh, just the mechanics of it, you know, how to right. use the breath. Right. So I kind of teach people how to expand the, the diaphragmatic muscle and things like that, and how to focus the tone mainly so that they lose a little of their shyness, right? Mm -hmm. To start right and say, okay, everybody sing. You're not going to get an awful lot. (laughs) So you get them doing exercises first. You get them really loud and you tell them, be ugly. You know, don't don't try to be beautiful. And (laughs) I sing very loud into it just so that they're overwhelmed. And Mm -hmm. then they begin to sense this connection to their own voice. Now, um, my whole life has been very Christ-oriented. I was born into a Christian um, circumstances, and I developed Judaism uh, early on in in my youth. And Mm -hmm. um, other kind of religions came in, including the religious direction of fundamentalism, which was quite a, um, a heady and exhilarating time, as well as being a time of much fear. In this uh, sacred song, I try to help people who are recovering from uh, traumatic religious experiences mm-hmm. and um, help them back 
to the roots of of love and every religion we will find every single human and every single religion there so um even though i i often use the verbiage of of the christianity thing um we we don't limit it to that because god i mean i don't know who it was that said to speak of god is to lie because we cannot do mm -hmm. god justice right exactly. to sing to god is not a lie right, right. when we use words we might be lying right because they're going to limit us but when we just use sounds like you did in the car that was a very developed spiritual moment right there where right. you were just shooting sounds up to the sun you know to the mm -hmm. to the love of the universe and that is a very de very developed um spiritual practice right thank you no it, it's really empowering and i think that's the main thing that you know i want listeners to understand is to find their way back to their love Yes. Right. Because there is a lot of pain that has developed around the idea of religions and different views, but just singing and sharing that grace. And I was thinking about how when we listen to songs and again, creating your own song, like my podcast is becoming my song. Right. That's that's my voice coming out in my own ways. Right. And I was thinking about when we listen to songs, how we're not trying to correct the song. We're not trying to change the song. I mean, sometimes we might resonate with it a little differently. We might want to change a word or two, but we're we're resonating with it. We're we're relating to it. We're remembering ourselves through it, yes. so that we can then regain our own voice. Right. Because that's that's the beauty of it, right? Sharing this experience with you, like you are a powerful part of my experience, right? You are developing the sound within me. Oh, brilliant! And I love that part of music, and I've always been you know, entranced by it. And you have such a beautiful operatic voice. Like... Oh, well, that, that kind of make me, makes me cringe. Um, but I was, <laughs> I was told by the surgeons of the Stuttgart opera that I would never sing again. Mm -hmm. So every time a tone comes through my body, I, I give thanks. I promise you, it, never take it for granted that I can sing because I couldn't even speak at that point. So whatever we have, we bring and we um, send the energy through, right? So mm -hmm. um, a, a body of water that doesn't have an outlet will become putrid, you know, will we'll stagnate. Mm -hmm. And so we know that the energy of, of love is going into us, but if we try to keep it, it'll stagnate. But letting mm -hmm. it go in song and in praise will keep it alive and will feed the world you know and the words we use or the words we don't use are important to the whole thing right um right. so i try in this spirit song to encourage people to make sounds that don't have words attached to them or to use a language they don't really speak well because right. we we have the more distant we are to a different meaning in the word even if the word is you know god or Holy Spirit, it it draws us into some other person who, who taught us what that is. But mm -hmm. when we really just use sounds to feel the love and to feel one another and to heal ourselves and to heal the world, to allow love to heal us, you know, the, the more we get from it. Oh, I couldn't agree more, Sue. I mean, beautifully said. So how would you like to proceed? Would you like to do a brief meditation yeah, shall we bring a in a little, little song yeah let's hear some music in the background and i'll talk us through a very brief meditation and then i'll sort of fade it out the first one is just instrumental the second one will use some yogic words that uh, might seem a little foreign to people who don't know them but i can explain that a little bit more okay anyway, find a comfortable seated position where the normal curves of the back are maintained 
either flutter the eyes closed or pick an unmoving point and let that point simply go blurry. Begin to feel the breath as it comes in the nose. Sense the energy of the universe. As this music comes into the mind, let it unite with the breath. Observe the feeling of the breath. Observe the music. the music going into the very body, the bone, the muscle, the blood. Allow the rhythm to accompany the heart. The more the focus goes to the breath, the sensations. come in other than that perfect love, shift the focus to the breath. This breath is the Holy Spirit. It is the eternal own, the sound of creation. You are one with this eternal Gently flutter the fingers, touch each finger with the thumb, and emerge, fluttering the eyes open and coming into the space. That was lovely, Sue. Was so relaxing and so engaging. So uh, a lot of this is not kosher yoga. Um, so if you have yogis here who have done uh, chant and things, they're going to say, okay, this is just wrong because I'm not using the tone exactly of Om and the frequencies. Um, I, I'm not pretending to. I'm not trying to co-opt, um, you know, ancient practice. I'm mm -hmm. simply using the universal love that has channeled through my life um, mm -hmm. to share with others. That's all. And I think that's a large part of what um, my classes are and my podcast is this explorative approach nice. to seek out meditation practices and even create them yourself. You know, like I said, when I was singing in my car, those vowels, yeah. that was a creation within me. It's not something someone said, hey, you should try this. It's something that spoke from my soul inside and said, release this out and just start singing to the universe. Yeah. And so I think that's important that we, we allow that freedom to create within our meditation practice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And within life, you know, how much um, spontaneity is lacking once the institutions get a hold of things, right? So right. The, being unique as well as being connected. So it's mm -hmm. like the bird. Um, you've got 
perfectly unique that means you yourself everything that is you and the connection to everyone else and if one is stronger then we're going to go in circles we need to develop both of them we do we need to find that balance and that harmony as you're saying with the oneness that is you know as we begin to connect and we begin to have compassion for one another these illusions of separateness start to dissolve oh i love that yeah we just start to engage more in the present moment through that process yeah absolutely everything about your about meditation has to do with the present moment winning it back right right? it's never left us just like god right just like love it's within but we Mm -hmm. so often get words telling us that it's something to go find or you have to do this and this and this to get it no just be aware of what is and there there is god when you're bringing this song and reminding us of our presence, it reminds us to be and to sing our song. Yes. So yes, I love that too. I love it. Oh, thank you, dear. And thank you for bringing <laughs> that up. Yes. All right. Would you like to close with some beautiful song and voice? I will take um, that same piece of music and uh, play what I sang into originally. So in other words, you will hear my voice several times. It's just being spontaneously thrown in. There was no uh, fixing of rhythm. There was no fixing of syllables or anything. So it's sloppy, right? <laughs> There's nothing nothing refined about this. But I'm going to turn off my microphone now and leave everybody with this piece. And before you go, though, before you go, because I'm going to let your voice lead us out of this meditation. To oh, have our Tell me real quick, how can people connect with you? Oh, thanks so much. I do have a website called Genesis, the number one. So Genesis one yoga.com. And you're welcome to go there um, or to send me an email directly um, to heart and song at hotmail.com. That's H E A R T A N D S O N G at hotmail.com. And I, I am in the process of setting things up, but I sort of need people like you, Carrie, to push me along. And so this has been very, very good. Thank you. I appreciate it so much, dear, that you've done this. Oh, you're welcome. I love doing it. I love bringing meditation to people. And you are truly just an inspiration that spoke to me when I was thinking about sharing creative expressions of meditation. Brilliant. You were the one that just popped into my mind. It's so funny because I'm so high energy that I suck at meditation. And yet (laughs) I meditate all the time. And whenever I tell a yogi or a meditator that I suck at meditation, they say, we all do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes. The words that you'll be hearing are Om Namah Shivaya. And if that scares you because, you know, you've been taught that that's, you know, um, polytheism, uh, the highest attenuation of Hinduism is monotheistic. And people don't realize that, that all of the, the founding and grounding yogis knew that there was one power of love. And toward that one power that unites us all, we are going. So they had different so-called gods that illustrated different qualities of that one power because they knew they were incapable of trying to describe it all in one. And Shiva, strangely enough, is the god of destruction. And this I love because how often does our god say, kill that shit, you know, get rid of it, Um, burn it up, 
right? And this, I think, is a lovely, Om Namah Shivaya is not worshiping some God that's not our God. It is the ability to get rid of whatever separates us from ultimate love and from one another, the, the ego that ties us down. So Om Namah Shivaya. Now, you could also sing whatever you want into it. So while you listen to this, sing, sing vowels, sing prayers, sing whatever, throw it up at the sun. It's good. Thank you, Sue, for reminding me of home. Oh, God love you. Thank you for this. That was very, very nice. Thank you.